are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama, solid conservative and just plain right, covering some ground. I'm talking about we are way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. All right, so we are in number one of the Triple Dipper, Home Fries. Home Fries, things happening around the homeland here, Alabama, the great state of Alabama. Love, By the way, love my state. Love my state. It's, does it have its warts and blemishes? Of course. Uh, every state does. I feel like we have fewer than others. How about that? Um, there's a, a variety of stories here that I want to cover on uh, and, and, and just, just touch through some things that are happening that I think are notable. And they also say something about who we are as a people in a way. They also talk about where we're standing in the news. Uh, keep in mind, a moment ago, uh, CNN was reporting on Selma, Alabama with tornado damage. It is significant. Um, we'll keep you posted on that as it develops. Another story I've got here, though. So, yeah, Alabama made waves the other day. The state of Alabama's Republican Party issued a position of no confidence in the current national Republican chair, uh, Ronald McDaniel. They, they, they literally said, they, those are the words, no confidence. Uh, they believe they need new leadership. They believe it's time to move forward from someone who presided over very tepid response or results uh, in the midterm elections. And uh, I, I, I get it. Well, one of the major competitors for um, position as the national party chair is, is, is uh, Harmeet Dillon. If you're not familiar with Harmeet Dillon, she's often on Fox News as a contributor. Uh, Harmeet Dillon is the chair of the Republican National Lawyers Association, the former vice chair of the California Republican Party. Um, she's extremely well-spoken, extremely sharp, uh, comes across uh, very well on the uh, conservative uh, positions. And, uh, and I, I like her. I don't know anything about her capability to lead, but I will say this. Uh, she has great presence and I, I don't doubt for a second that she is um, ideologically aligned with the conservative side of the Republican Party. That, that's the way it feels to me just by watching her presentation and the things she says. All right, that being said, I, don't, I didn't know this till today. Actually, I take it back. I got an email. I got an email request for comment from, I think it was from NBC News yesterday. NBC News asking if I knew anything about an alleged... Um, questioning of Harmeet Dillon's faith by members of the Republican Executive Committee. Uh, didn't even bother responding. Because number one, I don't. And number two, why would I want to go fan that flame? Um, so I'm not aware of anything like that. But nonetheless, story broke this morning on AL.com. Actually, it came out last night. Alabama GOP shocked by RNC chair's candidate's Harmeet Dillon's letter on Sikh faith. So apparently she's a Sikh. Uh, S-I-K-H, um, says the Alabama Republican Party on Thursday said it was shocked that a Sikh candidate for chair of the Republican National Committee sent the organization a letter claiming concerns were raised by some state GOP activists, quote, regarding my faith and how that would impact my ability to champion our nation's Judeo-Christian values. Uh, says Harmeet Dillon said the founding fathers prioritized faith and considered religious liberty to be so foundational that it is the very first item referenced in the First Amendment of our Bill of Rights. Harmeet Dillon, along with MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell and a couple of others, is challenging Ronald McDaniel. Uh, she did not say which Republican Party of act activists from Alabama had concerns about her faith. And that's, that's what bugs me. Is this feels like an allegation that I got to get out there and make waves. 
And, and, and some believe it's a whisper campaign. Some believe that maybe even Ronna McDaniel herself is doing the whisper campaign. Well, don't you know? Don't you know? She's not a Christian. Uh, you know, while I would love for everyone to share my faith, I believe that it's okay for someone to not share my faith and then still be able to capably lead a secular organization like the RNC. That being said, I don't know where this came from. Uh, the spokeswoman for the Alabama GOP says the steering committee was blindsided by Dylan's email, Hermit Dylan's email. In other words, she, she basically what happened is this. Words getting out there that someone from Alabama is questioning her faith because she's not a Christian, allegedly. Harmeet Dillon is attacking this firsthand. She sent an email to the members of the executive committee, apparently, and said, what's up? <laughs> and, and this is being said about me. No one knows who's saying it. So there's that. But then a guy named Chris Horn an Alabama Republican, I, I, know, I know Chris Horn, I know who he is anyway. Uh, I, I, anyway, the bottom line is Chris Horn ran for office most recently. Chris Horn, an Alabama Republican and a former candidate for Secretary of State, told NBC News he spoke with other activists about Dylan's religion, but he said the conversations were not malicious. And he said it's okay to be a big tent party and ask questions. So she's a Sikh, what does that mean? How does that impact policy? Maybe she'd be awesome. Um, but he's also a Ronald McDaniel fan. The spokeswoman for the Alabama Party, and I'll end with this, says, Hermit Dillon's letter came as a surprise to our committee. We have not heard anything about her faith or an issue with it before or after Saturday's meeting. So anyway, end result of this is ain't nobody knows who said what, and accusations are flying. Do we care that she's a Sikh? I don't. Maybe some of y'all do. I mean, I, I think she could still do a good job. Boomer, I'm looking over there. Our text line blew up, man. man. Just Wow. Yeah. Uh, tell you what, you want to check some of those, and if there's something we need to jump in there on home fries, let me know. Or somebody's got a major weather thing, I don't know. Um, hey, I've got a story here. Mo Brooks issued a press release. We're going to have him on top of the hour. Uh, now former Congressman Mo Brooks will be with us at 3 o'clock to talk about um, – he said that there was a basically a clandestine means by which Congress gave itself a $39,000 pay increase. What? All right, I'm not going to go into it all because I'm going to save that for the conversation with Mo Brooks. But if that happened, let me tell you, I'm going to have a beef with it. That I, do Cong By the way, I'm not one of those that goes, well, they should go broke being a public official. No, I don't believe that for a second. I can tell you that when I ran in 2010, I ran in part because the Democrats who had controlled the legislature in Montgomery before I got there had given themselves a 65% pay increase. It was awful. A 65% pay bump, and they just rammed that sucker through, made sure they got themselves taken care of. So a bunch of us ran, naming that as one of our key issues. I got to Montgomery. I refused to take my full legislative pay while I was there. I was one of three people, I think, that refused to take our full legislative pay. And I can tell you, too, it's freaking expensive. Because you go down there, you got to stay in a hotel. You go down there, you got to stay somewhere. Some guys bring their campers down there. Some guys were sleeping in their offices. And at some point, you're racking up a bill. And so for the first quadrennium, we actually passed. I was, I was the one who went to the floor of the Senate to be the, the lead debater in favor of reducing legislative pay. And we did. Keep that in mind. If you ever wonder whether or not you can see something happen where you can tell that they were doing something for the greater good and not for themselves, there was that day when we voted to reduce our own pay in Montgomery, effectively.
but it couldn't take effect until the end of the quadrennium because it was the thing, the way the cycle worked, you had to do it at the beginning of the next four-year term. So, yeah, uh, I can just tell you, that credit card had a bunch of hotels on it. It just did. And it's expensive to be in office. So I do not believe for a second that there's no way in the world they should ever vote themselves a pay raise. They're the only ones that can give themselves a pay raise. But when they do it, they better do it right. They better do it in a way that is open and transparent. And from what we're seeing from Mo Brooks's statement here, it does not sound like it was. All right, Perry County. You know, it just seems like Perry County has problems. <sighs> Story on AL.com. By the way, I'm bouncing around here, shifting gears a little bit. Perry County Commission Chairman charged with voting multiple times and stuffing the ballot box. Kid you not. AL.com. Story broke yesterday. Perry County Commission Chairman Albert Turner Jr. has been indicted on voter fraud charges. Fourth Judicial Circuit District Attorney Michael Jackson. Along, I've met Michael Jackson in Montgomery. He came and testified before one of my committees when I was down there. Uh, seems like a good dude. Anyway, uh, along with Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill, announced the two-count indictment Wednesday. Turner uh, is the son of civil rights activist Albert Turner Sr. He's charged with voting more than once, which is a misdemeanor, and harvesting ballots, which is a felony. Uh, District Attorney Michael Jackson said Turner is accused of stuffing ballots into a voting machine in the May Democratic primary election. Says he was there most of the day stuffing filled-out ballots in favor of the candidates he was supporting. By the way, one of those candidates appears to have been... Um, his brother? No, his cousin, who was, by the way, running against Michael Jackson. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You can't look at if I was to write a script for a, you know, homegrown corruption case. So let me get this straight. The county commission chairman, his cousin is running for district attorney. County commission chairman is now indicted for stuffing ballots into the ballot box and harvesting ballots from people for candidates he favored, which you got to know means his cousin, who was running against the guy who just joined with Secretary of State Merrill to bring the charges and the indictment. You, it's, hard, it's hard to get more inbred than that. But there it is. Turner has answered the press. Turner did not return comment to AL.com, but he did speak to the Associated Press. He says he didn't know about those charges. <laughs> I didn't know I'd been indicted. Have mercy. I've been indicted on a felony? Pray tell. I did not know this. But he says, quote, I'm not concerned about any charge he's announced, and I will not waste any energy on political theater. It's mighty funny that little Mike, <laughs> Mike that little Mike waited till he was leaving office to make his charge because he knows he can't prove his case. Okay. How about little Mike's leaving office on schedule? He's not leaving like trying to throw this out there just right the last second before he goes. All right, that, that kind of crap's got to stop. The commission chairman literally indicted now for stuffing the ballot boxes. Oh, my word. All right, listen. Um, I, I, text lines are blowing up. We'll check some of those and come back after this next break. Uh, Boomer, take me to the break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back, finish up home fries. What is our attorney general saying about the fact that the Biden administration wants to mail abortion pills to the state of Alabama? Hmm. I think he's got something to say. And then are we going to receive any tax relief? 
Uh, you might be getting a check in the mail. I'll tell you what Senator Orr said about that. Y'all stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will return. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. We're in this number one of the Triple Dipper home fries, and I'm going to be uh, uh, going into the next story here. Just one minute. I got to tell you though, the weather is already changing. Boomer just <laughs> yeah. remarked, though the sun's coming out outside the studio here. I just looked at the uh, the weather on my uh, my weather app, and the temperature has already dropped six degrees. You're going to need sunglasses in a minute because it's so a sunny and a jacket because it's starting to get cold. But I did get a weather update right here. Someone sent it to us. Um, sorry, I forgot to look who it was because all of our text <laughs> Thank messages you, whoever are flying you are. through. Yeah. But it's the update on um, Morgan County. After the severe weather damage, yeah. there was a high on Highway 20. One of the lanes were closed in Morgan County, but it is now reopened. But um, okay, yeah, so- it was like... 18-wheelers flipped over. So Highway 20 over yonder next to uh, Decatur area in Morgan mm-hmm. County That's uh, right. is now reopened after. Was it 18-wheeler you said turned over? Yeah, 18-wheeler oh, right there. Oh, yeah. Dang, it's a giant. Man. All right. Uh, we know that Jeff from Indiana is one of our daily listeners who's often on the road driving his big rig. So, uh, Jeff, hope you're okay out there. Um, we have uh, any number of text messages Um uh, they're just flying in related to various things. Uh, in fact, uh, that was Frank from Huntsville sent you that story. Oh, that's who it was. Thank, Thank you, you, Frank. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate you. Uh, Randall from Newmarket saying, uh, Boomer, look up the weather for Newmarket back in 1963. What? 1963. Uh, snow and the coldest days. Also weather at Airport Road in November. I can tell you right now, I remember the blizzard of 93. I remember the blizzard of 93. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, that was in March. Oh, man. So, Yeah. How crazy is that? I, I remember because I was so young. We had like um, 18 teenagers over at our house. I was young at that time. 18 teenagers. So I was like in heaven because we were having a ball out in the snow. They built me an igloo. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. I hope you have pictures of it somewhere. I'm sure we do somewhere. I know your dad does. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I know Boomer Daddy. He's, he's definitely got them. Um, all right. Home fries. Going to wrap this up here. And then top of the hour, we'll be talking to uh, Congressman Mo Brooks about the story that broke uh, today. Uh, if you want to find a copy of the story, it's on 1819news.com. You can go see it there. But we're going to be talking to Congressman Mo Brooks right after the top of the hour break about what is going on with um, the statements he issued about Congress issuing itself a sort of a clandestine 39% pay raise. Yeah, you stay tuned. We're going to talk about that. Uh, here's one story, though, that you may want to be aware of. So Alabama is a pro-life state. I recognize that there are people who believe in abortion that live in Alabama, but the laws of the state are pro-life. We have some of the most pro-life legislation ever passed in the history of the United States here in Alabama. Um, There are certain aspects of it that are still being debated in the courts, but the reality is this. Since the Dobbs decision happened, I'm pretty sure everything that's been passed is locked in. And not only that, uh, we also put the um, – we also embedded into our constitution, our state constitution, by vote of the people, 
that uh, there is no constitutional right to an abortion in Alabama ever. Um, so all that to say, here we are as a pro-life state. You know, the, the, the aspects of federalism say that states are allowed to make some measure of self-determination. Those powers not otherwise enumerated to the federal government are devolved to the states, period. And the Dobbs decision affirmed that as to abortion. Fast forward to today. Story on 1819 News. Attorney General Steve Marshall says the Justice Department's guidance on remote prescriptions of abortion pills is illegal and dangerous. Here's the thing. You you may be aware that there is a means by which you can take um, a couple of different medications. I think one is called, yeah, here it is, Mephep. I pronounce these. Why do they name these things like this? There's Mesoprostol and Mephaprestone. Anyway, abortion pills. There's two different versions of abortion pills. They cause abortions. Abortions are outlawed in the state of Alabama. Therefore, abortion pills are not to be sold in the state of Alabama. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall issued a statement on Tuesday in response to a U.S. Department of Justice opinion that suggests that U.S. Postal Service carriers could, in fact, deliver abortion pills in states where abortion is otherwise illegal, calling the guidance illegal and dangerous. He says, promoting the remote prescription and administration of abortion pills endangers women and unborn children. Elective abortion, including abortion pills, is illegal in Alabama, said Marshall. Nothing about the Justice Department's guidance changes that. Anyone who remotely prescribes abortion pills in Alabama does so at their own peril. I will vigorously enforce Alabama law to protect unborn life. See, this is classic. The federal government didn't get what it wants, and the Supreme Court said so. So it's going to do what it wants anyway. Well, if we can't set up abortion clinics on your military bases and in your VA clinics, we'll just mail you abortion pills. Here, take them. Well, you know what happens when they do that? At some point, you're, you're not able to get adequate medical advice. You may have a prescription from somebody out of state who prescribed it and mailed it to you in a nondescript little package. But if you take it and have complications, who are you going to see? Because doctors in this state... They'll see you for a complication, but doctors in the state are not going to advise you on how to take it. They're not going to advise you as to whether it is contraindicative of your other you know, situations or medications. They're not going to be there to work you through the problems. Well, all that to say, A.G. Marshall says, don't mail them here. Not this state. Last thing I got before we head to the top of the hour break and talk to Mo Brooks right thereafter. Uh, Education Budget Chair Senator Arthur Orr, who's been on this show multiple times, Senator Orr um, said that he does believe there will be tax rebates coming um, to the tune of about $500 million um, and then possibly some tax reforms. In a story on AL.com, we also um, hear that what that basically means is checks like $200 to $250 for individual housecomb estate tax filers and double that for households filing as couples jointly. Um, so two to $500. Is that what you want? I don't know. It just seems like it could be better. Um, but they're not going to look at a gift horse in the mouth. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. Right back with Congressman Mo Brooks. Congressman Mo Brooks. 